Hey guys, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Kat. We're a couple of twos. And welcome to our podcast. On this podcast, you can expect all things Enneagrams, friendship, life, and so much more. Thanks so much for being here with us. Episode five. We're here. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here with us. Yay. I'm your host, Kat. I'm Charlotte, and this week we are talking about type nine. We are deep diving into type nine. My other half, Kat's like second by three points, other half. Yes. Um, and my childhood best friend. Hey, girl. She's a type nine too? Yes, yes. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to everyone that we know that has taken the Enneagram test or anyone that has shared with us what your results are. We are so thankful for you for sharing with us. It has been so fun and also so shocking. I know we've said this in a previous episode, but the more you share with us, the more we are just so excited to talk about it, to learn more. Um, You very much- I never get it right. Add value. No, we have not gotten one right. (laughs) I never get it right, ever. And we still don't know any freaking four or fives or sixes. No. Not a one. I thought we were going to get one today, but we didn't. I really thought we were getting one today. Me too. Very, very shocked. Um, we mm-hmm. know a lot of type sevens. Lots of sevens. A lot. I mean, I I almost wonder if we don't have somebody who is not being totally honest with any test. <laughs> <laughs> Did you cheat on those results? Did I you? I don't know. Did you we can use tell our us. gut answer? <laughs> I'm uh, questioning it over here. Anyways, um, let's start out our episode with highs and lows for the week. Yes. Charlotte, do you want to kick us off? Yes. Okay. So I did not prepare anything. So off the cuff, um, I finished the Crescent City second book. Woohoo! Sarah Mass, yet again. I promise this is not an SJM podcast. Might as well Even though it could be. I finished that with exactly 10 days until book three comes out which is good at least I finished it so that when book three comes out I can immediately start reading book three but it's bad because the cliffhanger she leaves you on should be illegal it should be illegal okay so side note (sighs) for those of you listening and watching um for this brief little second we are recording video visual of us today. Not sure if we'll re- share the whole thing or just little <laughs> snippets. We'll see. Hopefully snippets. <laughs> um, but we went to Barnes & Noble again. We got our nails done this week. Um, we go to Barnes & Noble usually after. Charlotte was not going to join me. I went by myself. And then she called me and she was like, you're in Barnes & Noble. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and lo and behold, she's walking through the door. Um <sighs> We were looking at all the books. Um, I am doing kind of holiday-themed books for Cozy Cat. If you're interested, check it out um, on my Cozy Cat Instagram account. Links Um, are in the description. Yes, they are in the description. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's just underscore Cozy Cat with a K for Cozy and a K for Cat. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, I was trying to pick out my Valentine's-themed, love-themed book for February, and Charlotte was looking at the Crescent City books. I am obviously also currently reading SJM. Um, and she opens up the last page. She's talking about the cliffhanger that she has been left on. <laughs> and you look at me 
you're like, I need, I need you to just read the last page. Of the I just sentence. needed to like share it with someone because I don't know anybody else who is reading it at the same spot that I am. Like I'm the only one in this moment that's suffering like this that I know of, you know? There are so many other SJM fans out there. I know. I need to make like a TikTok friend or something. I I, ugh, I haven't gone through the effort of connecting with any internet friends that are also in the SJM pain that I'm in right now. But it's rude. So I had to put Kat in that ounce of pain for a minute. She hid the page and only showed me the very last sentence in the book. <laughs> and I have not read the series <laughs> yet. <laughs> So, but you had seen the spoiler that she gave on her Instagram. That's I the did. only reason I let you read it. If you hadn't seen that, I wouldn't have like given the whole damn thing away. Well, you know what I mean? I didn't know that they were all in it. I just thought maybe the two I, characters that well, Sarah me too. Mentioned I thought so too. I thought so too until I read that sentence, and then I said, "Well, damn. Duh, yeah. Well, damn. Yeah." So anyways, I'm going through it in that sense. So I guess that could be my high and my low is that book two was incredible. Like so freaking good. How fast did you read that? Like a week? A solid week. and yeah. Like a week to week. Yeah. I, um, the first, the, the first one took me about two weeks because it was like holiday stuff was happening in the middle of me reading it. And then the second one was like Sunday to Saturday, like a literal week. Um, and then now I just have to wait until the 31st, but that's okay because we got a coupon from Barnes and Noble's cafe. Yes, we're going. Buy one, get one half off uh, <laughs> cookie from Barnes and Nobles Starbucks. on the 31st. On, yeah, the Starbucks and the Barnes and Nobles on the 31st. And so we're going to double whammy it. Yeah. Have a little Starbucks slash Barnes and Noble date. Yeah. Crescent um, City Starbucks moment. Anyways, so what is that? Is that totally your high and low then? You don't have um, anything else? Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. That is my high and my low because I am dying. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for the third book. The third book of Crescent City. Also, I think I think a couple weeks ago I said that, sh- that the, the fourth book had released the name, but I don't think it has. I think I was looking at the, the name of the third book. I don't think she's even released the name of the fourth book. Oh, I'm following now. I was like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about the name? I thought you meant the name of the character, not the name no, of no. the book. Yeah, okay. yeah, the book. Um, I think the third book is going to be... Let me look it up. No, I think I Googled it, and it, it doesn't show up. Yeah. So the third book is House of Flame and Shadow. Yeah. That's the one that's coming out on the 31st. Um, and the fourth book, she's not released a name for at all. I mean... So there's, like, in this universe, there's, like, four houses that, like, categorize different people and different stuff. Um, and so one can only assume it will be the fourth house that is, has not had a book named after it. You know what I mean? But uh, she hasn't, like, formally announced that or announced a release date at all. And so I'm kind of like, she's going to leave me on another cliffhanger isn't she oh, and no. i'm gonna have to track her down and i'm gonna have to fight her no. you know what i mean like those are my only options there is no other option. from what i can tell that's it i mean what am i gonna do so anyways <laughs> highs and lows it's in one because it's amazing and horrible all at the same time if you have not been following along till now and this is your first episode with us <laughs> oh, god um yeah we have a slight obsession with sarah j mass mm-hmm author of Akatar, mm-hmm. Throne of Glass series, 
in Crescent City. So if you start with Akatar, just be prepared. It is a 16 book. Um, five and eight, eight and three. I don't know what that is. <laughs> eight and eight, 16. Yeah. 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, I think that's eight. <laughs> I think that's 16. <laughs> Math is hard. It's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a 16 book series. So if you start, be prepared. Um, yeah. It's not just. It's not for the faint of heart. That one series. It is a whole universe and you have to read them all. <laughs> I, I mean, you could just read one, but like, ugh, you know. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so my high for this week, I'm also going to be related to Sarah J. Mass. Yeah. We're going to be going on the SJM train um, for so a sorry. while. Um, yes. So I finished the first book of Throne of Glass, which is Throne of Glass. Um, yeah. Yeah. I read that book very quickly and very much could not put it down. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then I also found a lot of new reads that I'm really excited about when we went to Barnes & Noble. Mm. So I'm going to make that another tiny little high Yeah, in terms of reading. Um, yeah. I'm reading one of those that we picked up. Uh, the purple one, uh-huh. you know? I don't remember what it was called. It was like a society uh, of some kind. Yeah, I'm not sure. Of scandalous women <laughs> or um, something like that. It will be on my Cozy Cat account in February um, if you're interested in the books that we picked up. Mm-hmm. But I do not remember the name of it right now either. <laughs> I've not read it. it was, I think it's like Wisteria's Society of yeah, yeah, Scandalous a, Women or something like that. The cover looks very Bridgerton. Yeah. It's so cute. So I started that. That's going to be my breather book in between Crescent City 2 and Crescent City 3. I don't remember the formal, like, names of them. So. Are you liking it so far? Um, so the first chapter was like, what is this? Because it's very, um, it's, like, almost like a satire, you know? Like, it's like, I don't think that's the right word, maybe. Very, like, um, it's, like, intentionally silly you know what I mean like you're reading it and you're like whoa okay my mind was not here you know what I mean so the guy in the Barnes and Noble who works there told us if you like the movie The Princess Bride which Mm -hmm. yes love that movie. it's just like it's written as if you're reading Princess Bride which isn't that a book too no Uh, maybe I don't know I don't know I have never seen it as a book but that doesn't mean that it's not I don't know um it's it's written as if you're reading it like from there like the way that they talk silly but like formal at the same time mm-hmm. that's that's how it is and I, it, I, it was not what I was expecting it to be although it is very good it's definitely not where my brain was at when I started reading it you know what I mean I had to like refocus my mind you know yes uh, but it's um, good and I read the second chapter last night and uh it's adorable so good I'm yeah excited it's getting it. funnier and funnier I mean, like, literally, when the second he said Princess Bride humor, yeah, all I could think of, my name is Antonia Madara. <laughs> you kill my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> it's so cute. It's, it do, it's not in any way realistic. Well, I mean, you know not, I mean? don't think it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be just a cute, yeah. short, little, sweet right. romance-ish. No, I don't know about that one. Maybe. It doesn't feel that way yet. <laughs> 
It's about like uh, assassins and stuff so far. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I know. See, I'm telling you, I was not expecting it. I was not. We clearly did not do our research when we purchased this book. We read the back of it, but it sounded like a like comedy romance. Yeah, it's a rom-com. Yeah. It was in the rom-com section. Comedy if you romance. Go. Who am I? 85 years old? Like, what? <laughs> what? You know that table when you go into Barnes & Noble and they have like all the little themed books mm-hmm. for whatever? That's where I go and figure, pick out these books and Charlotte goes with me. They have that section and that book was in that table specifically for like Valentine's Day. They called it love theme or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. It looks cute. It's very cute. Yeah. So my low for Mm -hmm. the week. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know that I have a low, which is pretty. It's been a pretty decent week. I mean, maybe I've just been really unfocused, but like not in a bad (laughs) way. (laughs) I have so many chores I have to do around my house because I was out of town for a week. Visiting my family, which was a great time, but I came home and I need to do lots of things. Um, So I am kind of procrastinating those items, Um, but I have been doing lots of little crafty things and not wanting to get work done at all. So I was definitely behind at work, but then today I was super productive. So I think it was just like, a hey, I needed some time to just me after... I was home with my family and we were snowed in for an entire week. Yeah. Which I'm from the South. I grew up in the South. (laughs) That does not happen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do not live somewhere or I did not grow up somewhere. I don't live there anymore, but I did not grow up somewhere where it snowed and stayed Mm. for more than like a day or two. For me to have left a week, exactly a week from the day that it snowed and there was still... The yard was completely covered. Really? There was still ice and snow on the roads. Oh, my God. The highway driving home was down to one lane because there are no snow plows where we are. You'd have, like, I think three in the entire city. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Well, because it doesn't snow. We're not prepared mm-hmm. for that. And you were driving, like, through other places where it doesn't snow. Other states. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like... Oh, well, at least I'm now to a snowy state and they're used to it. And now the roads are plowed. It was like constantly unprepared the whole way. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't bad. Like the road was fine where they obviously it was one lane. So it was just kind of slow traveling. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yes, it was very much. I don't want to do anything this week. I just want to like have me time and play my little silly games. And I could not stop reading Throne of Glass. So, you know, it'll do it to you. That happened. Yeah. Um, I had a feeling Throne of Glass was going to be right up your alley because it's like murder mystery. Yes. And also fantasy and also a little bit of tiny, teeny, tiny bit of romance. So to me, it does not feel mega fantasy so far. Yeah, that happens later. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been things like there's magic is banned. Right. They keep saying things like that. And so yeah. nothing's actually happening that mm-hmm. seems like fantasy category mm-hmm. other than like the weird things that happen at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. When she goes to other places, then the fantasy comes in more. Well, I'm on chapter seven of the second book now. And mm-hmm one thing of magic just happened and she was like but magic is gone right and 
the thing that she's talking to says, well, the king can't ban things that are older than him. Yeah. So it's coming out. I'm so we're excited just not there you, It's so good. Like, I know that I didn't, like, hype it up in the other episodes when I've talked about it. And it really, I mean, it's so good. Like, I was sucked into it. I could yeah. not stop myself. Yeah. It's just a heavy series at the end, you know? I mean, but in the meantime, it's a blast. There's a lot of heavy themes. Yeah. There's a lot of heavy themes. Yeah. I will agree with that, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel heavy. No, not yet. Also, update for those who listened to last week's episode where I was talking about the shows that my husband, sorry, my dog is <laughs> <laughs> just laying on the courts and everything. <laughs> Oh, you cutie. He's just wanting to sleep up here with us. Mm. Anyways, um, we were talking about the two series on TV that I had watched. One was um, Fool Me Once. Mm -hmm. We finished it in literally one night. Mm -hmm. By the way, I showed it to my parents. They also finished it in two days because they wanted to know what happened. Incredible. Found out it's based off of a book that this author who writes these murder mysteries I want to go read that author's books now because the show was so good Mm. but we finished last night True Detective season one (sighs) you are not allowed to watch that yeah um I know (laughs) it was so I love as if you've been listening or you know me at all I love murder podcasts books all things all <laughs> just things. learning about like the mystery the solving the puzzle is very much yeah. how my brain works so I had never seen True Detective before my husband has seen it there's a brand new series like new series yeah series four that just came out um there's two episodes and he wanted to start it and I was like I've never seen True Detective at all none of the seasons are related so you can watch them however one off that you want to that's nice but the first season has Matthew McConaughey and who is the other guy that looks like him? Woody Harrelson. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson mm. um, are in season one. They are the detectives. And it is so good. But wow, that last episode. Woof. Um, it was heavy. Really? Like very scary to me because it's the whole season is very occulty and they are hunting not just one murderer but a group of people and it is there is a king of these groups of people i say that in quotation marks he's not actually a king he's just what they refer to as the king Mm. um yeah so that was heavy to me Mm. so to think of like throne of glass versus that what i just watched yeah different kind of very heavy. different <laughs> very different kind of heavy i say this lightly yeah because um if you go watch it the show is fantastic um maybe not recommend watch the last episode if you were empathetic at all um around bedtime i could not go to sleep mm. and that does not happen to me often mm. i can usually compartmentalize and like yeah separate those two parts of my brain yeah nope um that yeah. did not happen with that. that's tricky yeah not fun. I can't. I can't watch anything even like slightly scary in general, but certainly not right before bed. Yeah, at all. 
Um, like the only time I've been able to listen to anything true crime was when I worked in an office and I was like surrounded by people and I was like listening to my little true crime <laughs> podcast when I was like making copies. That is literally the only time I've ever been able to because I was surrounded by people and I knew like nobody's going to walk in this building and murder me right now. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, you know, but it like in theory, <laughs> it's the safest, but like at home alone. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I wasn't even home alone. It was just... Well, at home, even in the evening, like when it's dark, before bed. It was more of I couldn't get some of the images and things that happened out of my head. Yeah. Um, And I just kind of kept replaying it over and over. And I was like, man, I don't need to watch. I was like, it felt evil. Like, it was truly evil. Unwell. Um, I was like, man, I just really exposed myself to things that I don't need to see or put into my brain. Right. Did not feel good. That sucks. And normally, like, true crime... I mean, this is obviously fictional. It wasn't a real story, but um, stuff like that doesn't normally bother me. Mm. So it was, they they were very, the writers of that show mm. <laughs> really made it realistic. Were they trying to make it kind of like a horror true crime situation? Were they like the genre? You know what I'm saying? No, I don't think so. No? Mm. I don't know. I'd have to look up the episodes more. Um, yeah. Like, sometimes people, like, make artistic choices like that. You know what I mean? It was an artistic choice. And you're like, ooh, I was really enjoying the lighthearted vibes, you know? Like, you remember in uh, Ted Lasso? I've never seen Ted Lasso. my God. (laughs) We just got canceled again. Again. For you saying you've never read Harry Potter, and now you've never seen Ted Lasso. We've been canceled twice, and it's episode five, Kat. Come on now. Sorry. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um... Okay, well, to the listeners, now that I've started this statement, uh, in Ted Lasso, there's an episode. Well, first of all, Ted Lasso is, like, the most lighthearted sitcom there can be. It's, like, so sweet, so funny. Okay, well, now I need to watch it. So good-natured. It's only three seasons, and they're not making any more. Wait, is this the one where there's a bunch of guys and then one girl that has dark curly hair? No. I don't know what What that is. Ted Lasso is about um, a football coach. Oh, yeah, no. Like, an American football coach. That goes to England to coach soccer. Oh, cute. And, like, coach a, like, big soccer team. F- football. Um, football. <laughs> uh, for, and because he, the, because the owner of the team got, like, divorced from the previous owner. And she took the team in the divorce because he loved it so much. And she's trying to ruin the team. So she hires a football, like, American football coach to try to, like, run them into the ground. And it's very, like silly and cute and whatever anyways so that's like the synopsis i'm not giving anything away um but in one of the episodes they just i mean one of those it's in season two i think they make a choice to make a very very artistic episode where it's like hardly any talking it's like one camera point of view it's like following around like one of the coaches as he's like going on this like drunken night out and like getting lost in london or wherever they are and it's not my favorite it went from like funny sitcom to like did i just attend like a film (laughs) festival like what the fuck is going on like that is not what i wanted and it was like ted lasso was one where it was coming out every week on apple apple tv Mm -hmm. i think it was every week or maybe they released one season at a time i don't remember i think they released I don't remember. Anyways, so we were like watching it intently is my point. And then you stumble across that and you're like, what just happened? Okay. No, thank you. (laughs) That was unwelcome. (laughs) That was not the vibe that I was going for this evening. 
It was probably so, dedicated to some filmmaker or somebody in the film industry. Yeah. That or had, they were trying to win like an artistic award or something, you know. I don't know. know. But it wasn't the vibes. It was good. I mean, it, it was very like artistic and beautiful, but not a sitcom. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Ted Lasso is one where like, it is one of the few sitcoms where I have truly like, ha ha laughed out loud. Aww. Not just smiled, but like, <laughs> like laugh out loud okay, while watching it. Never do that laugh. Ever <laughs> <again>. <laughs> Anyways, highly recommend. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, it's good. <sighs> but maybe that um, murder mystery episode moment was your low. Oh, that is a good low. Yeah. Because that's a bummer. Not being able to sleep. Huge bummer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did fall asleep, but I had to read a couple chapters <laughs> of my book and watch funny videos on Instagram. Yeah. Before I could close my eyes mm-hmm. and actually fall asleep. Yeah. Um, it was not a fun time. Mm. Doesn't sound like it. It was a great show. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Could have done without how graphic and intense the last episode was. Mm. Hate that. Yeah. Not cute. Not cute. All right. Deep dive. Type nine. Woohoo. Woohoo. Um, for those of you who have skipped ahead of all of our highs and lows. Yeah. I didn't do. Oh, I just realized we didn't <laughs> didn't do timestamps in episode four sorry oh, back to timestamps in episode five my bad guys i'm not sure if any of you are actually looking at the timestamps but in case. we will continue to put the timestamp in there just for you know when we actually start talking about the enneagram versus when we're just messing around shooting the shit yeah um Anyways, so we are deep diving on type nine because Charlotte is is equally a type nine as she is a type <laughs> two, which she was not previously. I was not. That has come with age. But it's interesting, though, because <laughs> I'm not always sure. Like when I say it's come with age, I don't necessarily mean growth <laughs> because I don't think like one is healthier than the other. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think being a type nine is better than being a type two. I don't mean it like that. No. But with me, like, as I have gone through things, I have changed in the ways that I've become more type nine-ish. So maybe we just say the word change instead yeah. of growth. It's how you've changed. Yeah. yeah. That's why I've been saying age. <laughs> yeah. Because. You've gotten older. I've gotten older. Things you've have matured. happened. I've changed. You've lived life. Right. Um. Yeah. And it's yeah. just a personality type. It doesn't define who you are. No, 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 no. Which is why neither one is better than the other. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I had type nine as also my number two, which, again, I think was like three or four points apart. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in our results to see what both of our full Enneagram results are, we did post them to our Instagram um, with little pictures of each other so you can see who is who when we mm-hmm. say cat and char yeah um but that is there for you to look at if you're interested in our actual numbers and scores and how that makes up who we are Mm -hmm. um so we wanted to focus on the type nine no we've talked about it in several episodes now of saying that we need to learn more about the type nine yeah um gonna give a disclaimer here because we have not done so we are not experts. Mm-mm. We are not certified Mm-mm. by any means in anything. We really, did look up. <laughs> we did look up certifications. We did. Um, 
not gonna do it we are not gonna be it's very expensive (laughs) so expensive and i think it is really for more who are people who are doing actual coaching and life coaching around the enneagram types and personalities and how you can change things about your life Mm -hmm. that is not our goal here Mm -hmm. we're just here to talk and have fun um Mm -hmm. learn about each other if you are an expert that's listening correct us if we're wrong teach us more yeah call us out it's fine (laughs) we're fine with that we're like honestly reading from the websites and giving our commentary yeah pretty much that's pretty much it and then like talking about life in between yeah and it's fun. And I would also, and I don't, we have not talked about this at all. So if you don't like it, we can cut it out. But um, I think it'd be fun. We might do a survey on our Instagram for those of you who are listening. Do you want to hear more of yeah. the Enneagram stuff? And do you want to continue for us to go down this Enneagram path? Or do you enjoy listening to us just talk with each other about random stuff and rant back and forth for yeah. an hour and a half? <laughs> um, yeah. Because we can pivot. We're still on episode five. Can't believe the name is a couple of twos. I think we're going to run out of things to talk about eventually. <laughs> well, Enneagram-wise, yes. Personality Well, that's what I mean. Test-wise... Yeah. I feel like we could find personality. We could play whose Grey's Anatomy character are you? Okay. You know what I'm saying? I was literally going to bring that up. <laughs> Do you ever remember, and I don't know if they actually still make these or not. The BuzzFeed quizzes? Yeah. yeah. I think they do make those. We're going to have to take a BuzzFeed quiz yeah. at the end of this. Ooh, we should pick. Let's do what Akatar character are you? Okay. Well, we did what court we're in. Do you remember? What, did, what, didn't you have like summer, which is like so not you? Yeah. No, I had the spring court. Me, Again, not you. Our well, type eight friend thing. and me thought we were both going to get the night court and we got the freaking spring court. And then I got night court. Yeah. And it was because <laughs> it was because both of us said that we like bonfires and it was like relating that to the the spring equinox thing or whatever they do. Remember what they do? You know what they do? I don't know what it's called. Yeah. I know what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I don't remember what it's called either. But that that's why. The mating right. The yeah. right. That's why it made us spring court. And we were like, really? But I said I like fire, really? uh, bonfires, too. I even said I like the stars. Like, I was, like, pushing for the night court. You know what okay. I mean? I was skewing those results no. hard. And you, then it backfired, yeah. and I got freaking Tamlin. Ugh. Anyway, sorry, um, Tamlin. Even though, ooh, okay, total side tangent. If you have not read Akatar, this is a spoiler alert. I'm sorry. We're going there again. Again, please rate. I really will put a post out on our Instagram. Please vote if you want us to just focus on one topic or if you want to hear us talk, let me know. But Akatar spoilers times a thousand. I will put timestamps. Um, <laughs> there is a theory. Okay, and this is gonna another theory. This is the one about. No, go ahead. It's about Elaine. Oh no, I don't know that one. And that it's not like a real theory. I don't think it has anything to do with. Yeah, it's like, like this is just theory. fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fans theorizing yeah. on what the story could have been if right. Elaine was the one who got captured because Elaine belongs in the spring court she really does Plants she is not a night court Mm-mm. girly Mm-mm. come at me with that one i will die on that hill <laughs> i think elaine would have like fixed everything and then stayed there and this series would have been over it, right this, there would have been no story yeah for sure mm-hmm. but 
I need SJM to give us an Elaine book Mm -hmm. because I need to know. I really hope one of the next ones that's coming out is Elaine and more. Those are the two that I need. I think, I mean, it has to be. And I think obviously Azrael will probably get a book too. But I think he'll be heavily represented in both of their books. Didn't she say that there were six books that she was working on? Yes, but I think in total, not... Like, plus Crescent City. Mm-hmm. I can't believe... I that, that woman's no, brain. No, I think it was that she's releasing six books this year, but I think that includes, like, special editions. Oh. Do you know what I mean? I could be wrong, but I think so. Like, the publishing house that she's working with is releasing six of her books this year. Okay. That makes sense. Anyways, yeah. okay, back to the regularly scheduled content here. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> um... Type nine. Mm-hmm. So first of all, yes, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about the type nine. Yeah. So when we did our Enneagram tests, we looked up, I was saying this before, sorry, following my train of thought back to where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, Not experts, not certified. <laughs> we did get a um, Udemy course. <laughs> What a weird word that is. Like, if you don't know what that is, that sounds like the weirdest word on the planet. It sounds like you're talking about something medical. Literally spelled exactly how it sounds, Mm -hmm. though. um, The Udemy course is supposed to give you a certification on the Enneagram that we are going to take just so that we can learn and speak a little bit more. Actually, I wonder if we take that course, if we will be better at identifying our friends and family. Maybe. Because we've been really bad. (laughs) Really bad. But I think it's, like, tricky because... It really depends on how people answer it, you know? That's why I said somebody's lying. Not everybody's a type seven. (laughs) I don't believe you. Well, and like how we view them is different than how they view themselves. You know what I mean? It's It's kind of like how like astrology, like your sun sign and your rising, how people view you is very different than who you really are. I mean, same thing that people always look at me sideways when I tell them I'm a Scorpio. Exactly. And I think like... I think that's playing a big part in why we're getting things wrong because I'm even like the one that we just got wrong today. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of who he really is as a human. I wasn't thinking about like all the fun times. I was thinking about like his soul, you yeah. know, I think we went the type two route. And yeah, we did. Extremely emotional yeah. and extremely deep into thinking of. Yeah, I don't know how you think of it from like a not skewed perspective of your type. You know what I mean? There are people out there. We follow I them on our, on our Instagram. I guess. <laughs> if you're interested, we follow a couple people. If you want to go look at our the people we follow. Yeah. Find people who are actually certified in this. But does it like, how do they do that? Like, do you have, I bet you have to take the test before they start working with you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I don't feel like they can, like, read oh, yeah. you, no. you know? I think so. But there are a lot of people who get mistyped. Really? Hmm? What? That's too much for me to think about right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a whole section in, like, misidentifications. Really? There are 36 type misidentifications, Ooh. according to the Enneagram Institute. Ooh. I have not done any research or know enough about that to talk about it today, but maybe we'll look into that at a later date. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's look at type nine, the peacemaker. 
deep dives aka the other half of charlotte which mm-hmm. honestly reading this like the fact that you were split between a type two and a type nine very much to me knowing you as intimately as i do as a friend you very much have qualities of both yeah like i like fully embody both somehow. yeah like yeah. It, it makes the picture of who is charlotte yeah it does it, like it's like it's cool yeah <laughs> it's confusing <laughs> it's really confusing and I have a hard time when we're talking about like you as a type two who you are like more entirely a type two with some nines sprinkled in you know what I mean but not all of the nines apply to you and sometimes I forget that they don't apply to you yeah. sometimes I'm assuming that they do and the same thing with my childhood best friend who's a type nine is that when she's talking I'll bring in type two things and then I'm like oh no never mind that's just me like it's like you know I have a hard time differentiating those two. Oh, and by the way I wanted to add really quick from I had talked to her this week after talking I was telling her what episode four was going to be about and I was saying how there was a part about like potential like issues between a type two and a type nine in a relationship and how type twos can be very controlling and type nines like like get frustrated with the controllingness or whatever. And she was like, yeah, our entire childhood. And I do remember being like pretty, pretty controlling in, in moments, but I have a bad memory. And so I don't remember it as clearly as she's remembering it, you know? So um, anyways, apparently that's a strong thing. So hit me up if I'm being too controlling. <laughs> that's a thing. That's funny to, or I guess not funny. That's fun to hear that mm-hmm. anecdote and like mm-hmm. understand yeah, and, what that relationship really looks like. Yeah. And she said, she said, it's so like cool to know now that that was coming from a place of love because at the time I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like I thought you were just being an ass and I was like, well, I was, but also I love you. <laughs> She's like, I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> I was doing it from a place of like love and protection and all of these overbearing qualities, yeah. you know? Um, and she was like, that's like makes me feel a lot better because I had no idea. And I was like, yeah, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I so, love that. I that's know. so sweet. I know. So anyways, and that's cool. that also probably helps her understand mm-hmm. you now as an adult. Yes. Versus how you were as a child. Too. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, very different. So just like really brief. What are the type nine? So it is the peacemaker. Um. Nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. They are usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. But see, I don't feel like you're like that. Like that sentence right there, you are not too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. You are willing to speak out and say, hey, that was maybe not nice or in some circumstances. Like when I feel like, okay, this is where it's on the border of both that okay. I think is where it gets tricky because if somebody is being an ass to someone that I love, I will stand up. Like that's when I stand up and I say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, or I want to, and I'm like raging in my head trying to think of what to say. You know what I mean? But if somebody is being, uh, I don't know, bugging me in some way or like being, um, 
overbearing in a way that is bugging me, I usually will not stand up and say something. If I, if I know that they're coming from a place of love, mm-hmm. I, I don't stand up and say anything, even though it might be driving me absolutely insane. Okay. You know that's what I mean? Fair. Yeah. Sorry, we were one sentence in and that's where I went. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, type nines want everything to go smoothly and will be without conflict. Um, they can also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems and minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia and stubbornness. At their best, they are indomitable and all-embracing. They are able to bring people together and heal conflicts. We're going to... Do a little word of the day. <laughs> Indomitable. Indomitable. <laughs> it means impossible sub- to subdue or defeat a woman of indomitable spirit. Yeah. Similar words are invincible, unconquerable, unbeatable. Oh, I like that. That's cute. I'm going to make sure that I'm actually. Indomitable. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Indomitable. Like, like when I was buying my house. And there was like a moment with the bank. I don't remember exactly what was happening, but for some reason, like my money wasn't going to be available to me to make my down payment. Yeah. And it was like, oh, sorry, nothing we can do. Guess you're going to have to postpone it. And I was like, huh? I'm sorry, who? And I sat on the phone for like three hours until it got sorted. I was like, don't, this is not going to work. And I was very polite to everybody that had nothing to do with it and to everybody who did have something to do with it. They they figured it out. <laughs> they knew they were at fault. They got it fixed. <laughs> so yeah, no, I can definitely be that way, but I'm not that way like 100% of the time. Like I think some of the types are and like yeah, like I think for a type 9, it's like when you are in a corner, it's like try me, bro. <laughs> and they start swinging, you know. <laughs> Whereas some of the other types are just pure energy all the time you know what I mean and they take on the world like a type eight is somebody who I think of as being like consistently indomitable you know what I mean yeah rather than just like that's a part of their personality in my mind I could be wrong but that's how I view them yeah whereas like a type nine I feel like we prefer and I'm trying really hard not to speak for all of them but I do realize I just said we but I as a type nine prefer peace 99% of the time and then that 1% of the time you back me into a corner watch out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's also on personal growth. Yes. And being able to speak up for yourself and others, yes. um, which is hard. I mean, I think as a fundamental type nines want to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think for myself, especially the com- simplifying problems and minifi- minimizing anything upsetting, mm-hmm. <laughs> I very much do that Yeah, in all social settings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so basic fear for a type nine is loss and separation. Yeah, grief is um, really hard for me. I don't really understand how to process grief. I don't know if I was realizing that as a grief. Oh, that's how I think of loss and separation. Loss, yeah. Um, I mean, it, that's maybe one part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also thinking of like loss of a friend or being separated from your partner for long periods of time or... Mm. I, I genuinely don't know. This is just a mm-hmm. basic fear. It just lists mm-hmm. that statement. There's no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, when my, my husband is from India and when he went home to visit for three weeks, I was distraught to yeah. say the least. So maybe it does mean separation like that. <laughs> like separation anxiety. Just a little bit. Just a 
<laughs> I was unwell. It's okay. I yeah. would be too. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, basic desire is to have inner stability, peace mm-hmm. of mind. There's mm-hmm. that word peace again. Mm-hmm. The Enneagram 9 has a either a wing 8 or a ring wing 1. <laughs> Sorry, too many R's. <laughs> Eight or a one, again, your wings are the numbers directly on either side of your dominant type. Mm-hmm. So like the type two, we have a wing one and a wing three. Mm-hmm. Just like our personal wings, Charlotte also could possibly lean towards a type eight or a type one, mm-hmm. which is ironic because type twos present as type eights in times of stress. Yeah. Um, and when this is funny so type enneagram nine with an eight wing is known as the referee Mm. which might be where you're like one percent of come at me (laughs) might be coming from or like i'm drawing a line in the sand yeah yeah yeah. um yeah probably and then type one is the dreamer Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know I think I probably it's I think it's in different phases of life I lean on different wings of both of those. I think everybody know? does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do dream a lot. <laughs> <laughs> both literally and figuratively. <laughs> I know we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um I have crazy dreams. Charlotte has very vivid mm-hmm. dreams while I very rarely have vivid dreams but when I do I forget them very quickly. Really? I didn't know that. But they feel very real and then I wake up and I try to put the pieces together and I try to remember like how did I get to that I try to rationalize my dream yeah yeah Um, where I'm like trying to figure out where was I how do I describe where I was because I understand it in my brain but I don't understand how to like speak out right what was in my head yeah it's very such a weird concept to dreams yeah um, okay, so key motivations for a type nine, they want to create harmony in their environment, to avoid conflicts and tension, to preserve things as they are, to resist whatever would upset or disturb them. Um, again, we kind of talked about this. Well, we did talk about this. Some some famous type nines. Mm. Um, Claude Monet, Abraham Lincoln, George W. Bush, John F. Kennedy, Ronald Reagan. Don't know if I believe any of those. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, Audrey Hepburn. Kevin Costner. Lisa Kudrow. Oh, I Phoebe. love Lisa. Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zoe De In oh, and Mr. Rogers. I forgot Mr. we Rogers. said that one. Yeah, I know. And Marge Simpson. <laughs> Homer and Marge. Oh, weird. Type nine with a type nine. Yeah. <laughs> Uncomfy. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to tell us why the type nine is called the type nine? I would love to. <laughs> so a type nine is called the peacemaker because no type is more devoted to the quest for internal and external peace for themselves and others. They're typically spiritual seekers who have a great yearning for connection with the cosmos as well as with other people. They work to maintain their peace of mind just as they work to establish peace and harmony in the world. The issues encountered in the nine are fundamental to all psychological and spiritual work. Being awake versus falling asleep to your true nature, presence versus inner versus entrancement, 
Openness versus blockage, tension versus relaxation, peace versus pain, union versus separation. Ironically, for a type so oriented to the spiritual world, nine is the center of the instinctive center. And the type that is potentially the most grounded in the physical world and in their own bodies. The contradiction is resolved when we realize that nines are either in touch with their instinctive qualities and have tremendous elemental power and personal magnetism, or they are cut off from their instinctual strengths and can be disengaged and remote, even lightweight. I almost feel like that's conflicting. <laughs> yeah. But no, it makes sense if you think about... Um... So think about me when we first met. And I had just gone through a bunch of really tough stuff. I was like a different person. Like yeah. if you think about me back then versus right now. Like I think now I tend to be more um, open and uh, like engaging, you know. And back then it was very much like closed off, shut down don't talk to me. I don't really want you to get to know me. Like there wasn't a lot to get to know. Honestly, it was all shut off. Like I was just unavailable. Like I was like not in my head basically is what this sounds like to me. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, that's funny that you say that you felt that way because I thought when we first met, I was viewing you as being somebody that was just like a little bit shy. No, I'm not, I'm not shy normally. Well, I know that now, but like at the time I was like, oh, she's just a little bit like guarded she's coming into a, a big group of girls who yeah. is like we're all loud and talking yeah. and everybody has a big personality and yeah. then that's true I viewed you as like kind of quiet and mm-hmm. a little bit like reserved and mm-hmm. I mean honestly coming into that group the way that it was at the time I'm a little bit intimidating if it I'm was honest. intimidating <laughs> yeah no it was so I didn't view you as being closed off or like hard to get to know I thought you were warming up to us and like that's how you were before you got to know people Mm-mm. but now that I know you mm-hmm. I don't view you that way at all right right yeah and I would not have ever said that about you yeah 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 um <laughs> that's crazy uh-huh um something else about the the type nine they also and this very much resonates with I think both of us um Nines control their environment by not allowing others to control them and typically resisting in a passive way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is also very conflicting for what we just talked about with the, like, peacefulness of wanting everything to just be a a nice, happy, peaceful area. Everybody gets along. Everything's good Mm -hmm. versus nope, I'm going to stand up for myself. Nope, this is going to be this way. I'm going to avoid conflict at all mm-hmm. stages not, of life. <laughs> but in the passive way, though, you're not really saying anything. You're just yeah finding discreet ways to avoid what makes you uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And I think also, um, and this might just be me, this might just be me, but any of my fellow nines out there, let me know if you agree. <laughs> But I have avoided things that make me uncomfortable by deciding they no longer make me uncomfortable. Like by disassociating <laughs> with the importance of what I previously made it. So would you say that you're shunning the conflict? <laughs> Sounds like it to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would like take something that was really, really important to me and say, okay, this is not going to be that important to me for a little bit so that I can get through this. <sighs> You know what I mean? Does it rather then, than saying I don't want to do this, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but do you feel like that then makes you 
very much <laughs> you, like you don't care anymore. Like even after you said, okay, I'm just not going to care about this for a short period of time. Do you end up caring about it later? It depends on what it is, you know? feel like that so, is a little unhealthy <laughs> yeah no it absolutely is absolutely <laughs> just absolutely. calling you out there <laughs> right no 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 no. for sure for sure for sure um but like for example like okay let me think of an example okay like you're traveling somewhere where you're not super sure that like your sleeping arrangements are going to be what you're used to oh gosh yes so now all of a sudden that's fine i'm camping i can do this for two weeks i'm camping i'm just camping inside it's fine don't worry about it it's fine (laughs) and now no longer is that like a super high priority to me and I can't go I can go now because I've just rearranged my thoughts all right and now I'm camping I you know what I'm saying think that's a good survival tactic right that's what I mean with it's dissociating you know what I'm saying like you really are your brain's like nah so I have a question for you now I'm cool (laughs) are you one of those people who when you don't know where you're gonna be sleeping like if we get an Airbnb does it make you anxious? Yeah. Really? Super anxious, yeah. Because I I don't sleep with very many clothes on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, why? Sorry. Sorry to the podcast people out there. But I that's not bad. Well, yeah, you know, but it's TMI a little bit. But no, like it's not. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't You could sleep butt ass naked I, for all the internet cares. <laughs> I can't deal with like the fabrics rubbing on each other. You know what I mean? I can't sleep in pants for that reason. Yeah, exactly. They get wrapped around. Exactly. That's normal. So then you sleep like what if you're sharing a bed with somebody? Oh, you mean like we did the yes. very first time we yes. met? Each other. <laughs> the first like after a month of knowing each other and we go to an Airbnb and she and I are sharing a queen size bed. A queen <laughs> like maybe not even a queen, probably a full. I'm pretty sure it was a full. Oh my god, we were like I was sleeping like like, <laughs> like a coffin. Like, I was literally like, don't move. Do not move. All night. All and night. And the mattress was basically on the floor. Basically. <laughs> and it squeaked like. So bad. Like there was a siren in the mattress whenever we moved. Oh, wow. And the whole time I was sitting there thinking like, don't move, don't move, don't move. You're going to wake her up. You're going to wake her up. You're going to wake her up. Like. That is really funny to me. I did not know that you were one of those people that, Mm -hmm. not that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I don't care. Yeah. Like, it does not give me, like, I know people, I have actually, story time, have been on a couple's trip to a cabin Mm. where, you know, when you go and you rent a cabin, there's not always the best best bathroom situation not every single cabin has an ensuite bathroom mm-hmm. that cannot be expected unless yeah. you're just spending buttloads of money to right. go on a vacation right and we weren't um right. i mean it was still a nice cabin but yeah. there was two bedrooms on the main floor and one had an ensuite and one did not one had to use the like community bathroom okay we had our puppy red mm-hmm who was with us and so we needed the bigger room mm-hmm. for his kennel to be able to fit okay because we had to kennel him when we were leaving yeah and so we got the room with the bathroom hell yeah and the other woman who was a part of the other couple who was in the other bedroom threw an absolute fit no because she did not want to have a bathroom that was not attached to her bedroom i bet you she sleeps naked <laughs> and she didn't <laughs> want to put clothes on to go pee in the middle of the night because that is stressful to me. That's one of the things I okay. think about. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. see, I'm... I wouldn't throw a fit. Like, I mean, I would... To be perfectly honest, if I was just in, like, 
an oversized t-shirt in my underwear i would like depending on what time it was in the middle of the night yeah. i'd probably just go yeah like who I, if you run into me that's on you yeah <laughs> we, i went camping and so we're telling we're telling trip stories now my bad but i went on a trip with friends with like two couples and we were like i was one of the couples <laughs> i'm not explaining this well my husband and i went on a trip similarly with another couple with one other couple um and we were camping and i was sleeping in my hammock and like a couple people were in a tent one other person was in a hammock and uh i had to be in the middle of the night and i literally just got up like half dressed half naked like stumbled into the woods and peed next to a tree and i was like sorry i'm not walking to the bathroom at 3 a.m that's not happening i mean when i'm you... gonna get mugged yeah Versus, which is not true. I'm in the woods. More likely to get murdered by a vampire in the woods than mugged in a campsite. You know? I don't know. I'm making stuff up now. But you know what I mean. <laughs> well, and I mean, exactly. That's, yeah. Um, so I get that thought process. Like, if it is literally the middle of the night, yes. Who cares? Yeah. I that's I wouldn't throw a fit about that. I would just throw some pants on and go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Or go out there in your underwear. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. It's like a bikini. Unless right. you're wearing a string thong and then, you know, each to their own. Yeah. Um. Where were we? Uh, we were talking about, like, how, like... Well, we went on a, we went on a couple rabbit trails. So before that, the root of what we were talking about was like disassociating from things that yeah mean something to you for the sake of peace and yeah. not causing conflict yeah but i think that that okay so what i think though the pro to being able to do that which i don't know if that's like all type nines or if that's me no i i think that's a type nine thing because I, okay. I mean i very much oh you mean the disassociating when you're uncomfortable just to decide that things are not comfortable I don't know if that's a type nine thing. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have a hard time doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to convince myself that something's okay. Yeah. But yeah. then I'm also, and my husband will be the first person to tell you this, I don't like being uncomfortable physically. Yeah. Like, that's the reason my Instagram handle is Cozy Cat, because yeah. I have to be comfortable and cozy. And the fact that I don't have a blanket, which, I mean, it's right here, but... Right. The it's fact that I day. don't have one wrapped around me right now is shocking. Yeah. Um. So I don't necessarily do that to make myself feel comfy mm -hmm. and like comfortable with the situation mm -hmm. versus accepting I am in an uncomfortable situation. So I'm just going to tell myself it's okay over and over again until it is okay. Right. I am not capable That's of that. similar. Like it's similar. No, but I can't do that oh, is what I'm saying. Oh, you can't do that. No, I have a hard time <clears throat> accepting the hard situation. I mean, it, obviously, like, it just depends on what it is. But, like, mm -hmm. the camping situation, right? Like, I can't tell myself, oh, I'm just camping for a few days. Mm. I love to camp, so it doesn't bother me. But Yeah. I lie to myself mm -hmm. all the time to get things done. Like, all the time. <laughs> and I just accept it as, like, oh, that's the truth. Because I said it in my head. Mm, even though I know I'm lying. Like, it's like a... Delusion. It's like a delusion. Yeah. Yeah. All... Literally all the time. Constantly. I mean, I guess I do do that. It's how I get through life. <laughs> it's genuinely how I get through my day -day. I don't think I consciously do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think also... Okay, but... Okay, hold on. I just thought of something. I thought of something. I think it may have something else to do... Or it might have something to do also with the like spiritual aspect of things and looking at things from a universal perspective because when I look at something from a universal perspective 
way less matters. Do you know what I'm saying? From the big picture. From the big picture. Okay. So like, do you do, do you feel like you consciously try to take a step back and look at the bigger picture a lot? I don't try to. That's just how my brain works. That's like, I think that's also Aquarius though. I think Mm. we're, we're mixing things now. Like Aquarians very much think from a universal perspective. You know what I mean? Okay. So anyways, um, but I think like this, what this was talking about, like spiritually, very much just not a lot matters. You know what I mean? Like when things like upset me, like there's not a lot that really truly is going to negatively impact my life. If I feel like something is really truly going to negatively impact my life, we're nipping it in the bud. It's over. You know what I mean? But if it's something like a misunderstanding or something, usually I can just vent about it, get it out of my system and then it's gone. You know what I mean? I'm very impressed by that. <laughs> I wish I could have that. But I don't think thousand that's, mile view. But like, think about what we just said though. That has like a very like dual. Like, there's a double edged sword there. You know what I mean? Because I can say things don't matter to me when they do, and decide that it doesn't matter to me when maybe it should. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's like the bigger picture. Like, okay, let's take people having um. Okay, in my family, we say the phrase "worry about yourself." Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Because we always are saying, you should do X, Y, Z. You should do X, Y, Z. Or you should be doing this. It's the you should. Yeah. And it's like coming from a place of love, obviously, always. Right. It's not a place of judgment or, mm-hmm. you know, negative connotation. But the worry about yourself statement is like, it doesn't affect you, so worry about yourself. Right. Like, if it's not directly affecting you in any way, not in a negative impact, you're not harming yourself or others. Yeah. Worry about yourself. Right. And also, if you have not seen the video of the little girl in the back seat and she's trying to put her car seat buckle on, and her dad turns around <laughs> and says, "Do you want some help?" and she says, "You worry about yourself. You, you, you worry about yourself. You you drive. You drive. I do it." And it is the cutest video ever. And yeah. that is where that phrase came from for my family. But I think it's very true in that, yeah. like when I put my brain into that mode of take the thousand foot view. Mm-hmm look at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. worry about yourself if it's really not going to like truly affect your day-to-day experience life. in yeah. your day-to-day life. Like, is it that big of a deal? Probably not. Yeah. I have a very hard time emotionally separating mm-hmm. my emotion from my rationality of like, mm-hmm. it, this is not that big of a deal yeah. because it will sometimes feel like it is a big deal to yeah. me, which might be more of my type two coming out. Maybe. And my Scorpio. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about just some other random night type nine little snippets. So levels of development for the type nine. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can talk healthy, average, and then unhealthy. Do you want to yeah. start with some healthy? Yeah. So I'm going to just read some like at their best. There's, There's like... Within each category, there are three ty- three levels. So, like, healthy, like, level one is at their best. And then there's a two and a three. And then average is four, five, six. And then unhealthy is seven, eight, nine. And these, these are not in correlation with the Enneagram types. It's just, like, giving three chunks to each level. Um, so, De- like... Three de- degrees. Three degrees, yes, yeah. of each level. Yes, that's a good way to say that. Um, so, like, at their best... 
Type nines tend to become self-possessed, feeling autonomous and fulfilled, have a great equanimity. Nemo, do you know where you live? Can you say that word though? Equanimity. I can't. I don't. I really don't think I can say that. Equanimity. Equanimity. Hate that word. It means mental calmness, composure, and evenness of temper, especially in difficult situations. So okay, love the quality. Hate the word. I'm gonna need them. Equanimity. They need to rename that. Um, There's your other dictionary daily word with Charlotte and Kat. <laughs> I will say, these this like Enneagram Institute website really gives us some good words. Vocabulary quizzes over here that Charlotte and I would be failing. Yeah, big time. Not after this, though. Um, <laughs> so they have great equanimity. Equanimity. And contentment because they are present to themselves. Uh, paradoxically, jeez, <laughs> that's a big word too. At, at one with self and thus able to form more profound relationships, intensely alive, fully connected to self and others. Paradoxically. Paradoxically. Do you know what that one means? Well, I thought I did until you asked, and now I don't know. In a seemingly absurd <laughs> or self-contradictory way. Why couldn't they have just said contradictingly? <laughs> They're trying to pull out the big stops. Um, the second degree of it is like deeply receptive, accepting, unselfconscious, emotionally stable and serene, trusting of self and others at ease with self and life, innocent and simple, patient, unpresumptuous, uh, good natured, genuinely nice people. And then the third degree is optimistic, reassuring, supportive, have a healing and calm influence, harmonizing groups, bring people together, a good mediator. And communicator so that's like the at the best the best quality of type nine a healthy type nine mm-hmm. um i think there are definitely items on that those of those three degrees that we exhibit on a regular basis yeah um both of us yeah yeah mm-hmm. um i wish there was a way to like identify where we were i think that it's sorry red is at my feet and he's very laying on our cords and he's so cute though (laughs) um i will post a a little picture of Mm -hmm. a buddy um he's my 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 baby baby boy he's a big cuddler and he just wants to be right next to us at all times anyways um average levels of the type nine you were saying that you wish there was a way to tell. Oh, which degree and like where we are. I definitely think it's easier taking that like thousand yard view for someone else mm-hmm. than the self-diagnosis. For sure. Um, because we all want to always view ourselves as the healthiest versions of ourselves, even mm-hmm. though there are times when we know that we're not mm-hmm. necessarily really healthy or yeah in a good space. And it's easy to say, hey, I'm having a hard time. I'm not in a good space right now. Um but it's a little bit easier to look at a friend or a loved one and say, okay, they might be a healthy, unhealthy version of themselves right now. And this mm-hmm. is just something they're going through and they have to work through to get back to an average or healthy level. Yeah. That is very hard to do looking at it and saying like, ooh, that's me. I don't know if I could read that and I self-identify where I fall on the spectrum. 
I think everybody's always going to say, oh, yeah, I'm healthy. Yeah, that's, like, tricky. I mean, I think... I don't know. I think it's easier to look back and say, oh, I can identify when I was that way at a time versus where you are today. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I very much agree with that. Um, So average level, let's just like go right in the middle. Yeah. Um, Being a level five is active, but disengaged, unreflective and inattentive. They do not want to be affected, so they become unresponsive and complacent, walking away from problems and sweeping them underneath the rug. Thinking becomes hazing and uh, ruminative, mostly confronting fantasies as they begin to tune mm. out reality. Comforting fantasies. Oh, I'm sorry. You no, were that's correct. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, that makes way more sense. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> Why are they fighting with their dreams? Yeah, no, no. Um, comforting fantasies as they begin to tune out reality, becoming oblivious, emotionally indolent, unwillingness to exert self or to focus on problems or have indifference. So that's how I would describe myself when we met. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Being, um, disconnected just from everything and feeling. Yeah. Which might be, I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just speculating, speculating, um, that might be why your Enneagram results have changed. I think the stuff that I went through in my mid twenties, um, heavily impacted my personality. Yeah. Way, As it should. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's some pretty traumatic shit, but. Well, not that, but I just mean like in general going through your twenties. Oh, right. It's very life changing experience. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So much changes mm-hmm. from even 20 to 25 and then 25 to like yeah 28 yeah 25 to 28 was really big for me 25 to 28 was rough yeah it was <laughs> it was really hard it was rough yeah <laughs> it was um and i think that's when i like really shifted my because i had nothing available for anyone i shifted more into the type 9 to keep existing disassociate yeah, yeah. to like be able to like cope with everything that was happening around me yeah you know so that's why I say like I don't think a type nine is healthier than a type two by any means I think they both have their own like pros and cons and I have been an unhealthy two as well when I was a two you know but I think for me when I changed I shifted a little bit into the nine but I'm still half and half so yeah that actually brings me back on (laughs) I think you're a very healthy version of a type nine. And I mean, I we haven't looked at this version of a type two lately, so I'm not going to speak there. But yeah, I view you as a very healthy individual. I don't think that you're struggling. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm, I'm doing OK right now. Yeah. Um, But something you mentioned earlier when you were talking about your childhood best friend and like the selfishness and controlling. Yeah, that I aspects, was as a two. I very much feel that in ways that I can pinpoint things in my past. And that is, yeah. I believe, what that big personality change that I had mm. was a shift from being pretty selfish yeah. and having a lot of conflicts in my romantic relationship with the boyfriend I had at the time. And also, like, looking back on that specific relationship, I can pinpoint, like, 
he was so kind and he was so good to me and like there really wasn't anything fundamentally wrong with the relationship other than that I was an unhealthy version of myself Mm. and so I was not and that's not saying he was perfect Mm -hmm. like obviously everybody nobody's perfect but reflecting on me yeah I was very much an unhealthy type too I was super self-centered super selfish wanting the attention and not feeling like I was ever good enough Mm. and so I also reflected that into my friendships Mm. um and I think that shift happened for me mm-hmm. when I had that falling out with my friends and mm-hmm. when I went through all the things that I went through in my early, you know, days of college yeah. that were really challenging and difficult. I mean, I was dealing with anxiety and depression and yeah, being out on my own for the first time. And it's a scary time in anybody's life yeah. um, going to college and, you know, trying to fit in and figure out who you are and what you want out of life and do you want to pursue the degree that you're pursuing? Um. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, um, like, for me, when I was in the real world and I was confronted with all of that horribleness happening, I couldn't be a, an unhealthy type too because I still had to, like, do my job. You know what I mean? And, like, get along with my coworkers. Like, in my mind, it was a priority to, like keep everything else smooth. And so I think instead of like leaning on that unhealthy too quality, like all of those qualities, I, I didn't have the capacity to do that with the people that were around me. And so I, I think in that shift to type nine, I was able to like dissociate and disengage and go away. And it had little to no effect on the people around me. You know what I mean? Like I think an unhealthy type nine, um, like you just kind of disappear when you're a type nine and you're going through. Well, a that's hard technically time. average. That's like an average type nine. Yeah, that's true. But in reading the unhealthy one, like I'm just like glancing towards it, and it. Um, I mean, well, it I mean, it literally says bleak. becoming. But obstinate. Yeah, it says they dissociate so much that they eventually cannot function. Numb, yeah. depersonalized, and that's kind of the stuff that I was dealing with, and so I think. Like, it it had little to no effect on the people around me. I will say one negative quality that it had is that my um, memory took a hit. Oh, my God. It was rough. Yeah. So, on the unhealthy levels, (laughs) a type 9 can be highly repressed, undeveloped, and ineffectual, feeling incapable of facing problems, becoming obstinate, disassociating self from all conflicts, neglectful and dangerous to others wanting to block out awareness of anything that could affect them they dissociate so much they eventually cannot function numb depersonalized they finally become severely disoriented catatonic abandoning themselves turning into shattered shells multiple personalities possible like i think i think that like dissociative quality is heavily present in an unhealthy type nine and that is basically how I was functioning. Like, that's how I was staying alive, was, like, disassociating from life every day. I – this is just random facts. Before I knew you, I did not know the term disassociating yeah. and what that meant, mm-hmm. truly. I mean, I've heard – obviously, I had heard the word. Yeah. But I had never – like, you looked at me one time and you were like, honey, you're disassociating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? You <laughs> have me? disappeared. Hello. You are <laughs> Catherine is no longer in the room. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. But I had never experienced that. Mm -hmm. I don't – and I mean, I probably did at some point. Well, most people do. It's like the same – quality for people listening it's like the same quality of like when you're driving and you zone out and you're like oh my god I just made it so far how did I get here you know what I mean or you go all the way home and you yeah. don't remember you don't driving remember the drive all. yeah that you're dissociating that's like the normal levels of dissociating everybody does a little bit yeah well not everybody but most people do a little bit sometimes the mundane mm-hmm. normal tasks that you do every day mm-hmm. and if you have the ability to dissociate like if that is something that your brain is capable of doing then it can, it can, it can, as a trauma response that can rear its ugly head as your brain trying to protect itself. Yeah. um, Trying to separate itself from the horrible things that it's experiencing and it doesn't know how to comprehend. Um, And so (laughs) when that starts happening as a trauma response, it can be really hard to turn it off Um, because your brain doesn't realize when it's safe, when it's not safe. Like it can't figure that out. And that's a lot of what I was going through. That's before I met you. I think when I, by the time I met you, I think I was working my way up. (laughs) I was like in the average zone. I had gone through a ton of therapy, but I was in the average zone. I see. I just don't feel like I was, for you to realize like that you were having that internal struggle. I never. It's a very silent struggle. Yeah. It's hard to see. You can't tell unless you know what you're looking at. I hate that for you. Well, now I want to go back and hug (laughs) former Charlotte. Like I just want to wrap you in a hug and tell you I love you and it'll all be okay. No, I'm fine. I swear. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And in four years from now, we're (laughs) going to make a podcast. (laughs) Who would have thought? Oh my God. I love that. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. But I think like even meeting you and like all of the wonderful things that started to happen to me around that time played into me moving towards the healthy version that I, that I feel like I hope, I hope I'm operating in now. You know what I mean? I think you are. Yeah, I think I am. I don't think when I'm looking at these like average qualities, none of that um, is resonating with right now how I feel, you know? I mean, if we're truly honest with ourselves, I think it might be possible to self-diagnose. But again, I think it's one of those like down the future. Right. <laughs> you can look back and say, "Ooh, yeah, I was in that phase. Yeah. Oh, so on that note, though, I would really love to know we, we didn't do this when we deep dive. The type we two. deep dove on type two. And yeah. so I would love to know on the, that like love that spectrum. Yeah. Okay. So for the type two at their healthiest level possible. So level one at their very best, they become deeply unselfish, humble, and altruistic, giving unconditional love to others and self feel it as a privilege to be in the lives of others. Um, I'm going to go through all three of the levels just because I think it's interesting to see mm-hmm. how they different. Um, Level two is empathetic, compassionate, feeling of others, caring and concerned about their needs, thoughtful, warm-hearted, forgiving, and sincere. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is encouraging and appreciative, able to see the good in others. Service is important, but you take care of yourself too. They are nurturing, generous, and giving a truly loving person. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for average level, again, I'll go with level five. It's just right in the middle. Becoming overly intimate and intrusive, they need to be needed. Say they hover, meddle, and control in the name of love. Um, Want (laughs) others to depend on them, give, but expect in return. They kind of send double messages in that way. Mm -hmm. Enveloping and possessive, the codependency and self-sacrificial person who cannot do enough for others. They Mm -hmm. kind of wear themselves out for everyone, creating needs for themselves to fulfill. Is that average? That's the average section? That is the average type Mm. two. 
Um, And then lastly, the unhealthy levels. They can be manipulative and self-serving, instilling guilt by telling others how much they owe them and make them suffer, abuse feud, and medication to suffer feelings and get sympathy, undermine people making belittling, disparaging remarks, extremely self-deceptive about their motives and how aggressive and or selfish their behavior is. Um, they can also be domineering and cohesive, feel entitled to get anything they want from others, and they repayment of old debts, money, sexual favors, and they are also at the very worst able to excuse and rationalize what they do since they feel abused and victimized by others and are bitterly resentful and angry. Mm. Summonization of the aggressive aggressions result in chronic health problems as they vindicate themselves by quote-unquote falling apart and burdening others generally corresponds to the uh, histrionic personality disorder and uh, fasciitis disorder i think that's what that word is Hmm. fasciitis factitious so maybe like making things up i don't know tell me what that is um so factitious the word means artificially created or developed but i Oh, yeah, disorder. The factitious disorder is a serious mental disorder in which someone deceives others by appearing sick, by purposely getting sick, or by self-injury. So histrionic personality disorder is a mental health condition that affects the way a person thinks, perceives, and relates to others. Genes can also play a big role in the development of this personality disorder. Um, Typically, there's a lot of abuse or instability during childhood that increases the risk of having this. I do think I've been the unhealthy level seven, which is what I was talking about earlier, just being, you know, a little bit manip- manipulative and self-serving in mm-hmm. ways. Um, I don't know. I don't ever remember, like, intentionally being manipulative with my, like, acts of service for people or, like, or like you know what I'm saying? Like, with my type two helperness. I don't remember ever being intentionally manipulated. I don't think it was ever intentional. I think I can remember, like, moments when I was averagely unhealthy type two with friends. I think I've only ever been super unhealthy, like, super, super, (laughs) in, like, toxic relationships, like, with like partners you know I don't think I've ever done that with friends yeah no no I don't think it's been a friendship thing either yeah so I think and I think like also like I didn't know how to like process what was happening in those relationships and so I wasn't really all right I'm gonna take that back level five just as a reminder Overly intimate, intrusive, need to be needed, hover, meddle, control in the name of love. Yeah. I do think I have hovered and meddled in the name of love with a friendship before. Average. Like the type, the level five, I've done that with friends. Yes. For sure. That's probably what my childhood best friend hated so much. (laughs) I was like up in her business. Like I was like in it. Like I was like, no, you're not accepting what I don't want you to accept. Yeah. It was bad. Wanting very much to have them depend on you. Yeah. Have them depend on you is a big one because then you're like, how do I know you really love me if you don't depend on me? Like if you're insecure with who you are in that moment in your friendship and they're not depending on you for something, 
it I mean, feels like, oh my God, they're just going to disappear. Yeah. You even know? that might be an anxious attachment style. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, But also even in like a relationship, like mm-hmm. if I, I've totally had that moment where I'm like, I need you to depend on me because otherwise you're going to leave me. Yeah. I had that with one of my very toxic relationships in college. Um, and he did leave me. <laughs> So, I don't know. I don't want to confirm that for any averagely unhealthy type twos out there. So, that's really the unhealthy levels where our experiences are and our two cents on it. Would love to hear if you guys have any additional opinions Mm -hmm. or have, you know, experiences that you are comfortable sharing. You're welcome to email us privately. Yeah. Or um, DM. Yeah, send us a DM on Instagram or feel free to comment on any of our posts and just let us know what's going on in your lives. We yeah. always want to know. Yeah. Um. So just to end on a high note and yeah. just a little something fun as we've been doing, um, we're going to take one of those BuzzFeed mm-hmm. tests. We will also link the test in the bio itself so you guys can take it if you want. Um, we're going to do a personality quiz on BuzzFeed, get our live results. Wait, is does BuzzFeed have one? Am I missing that? Um, Are you on, like, the BuzzFeed website, actually? I was just Googling. So, okay, the first one that popped up for me was ProProfs. Pro, ProProfs quizzes. Which Akatar character are you? Like, professors? Yeah, that's what I thought. It's not proof because it's not two O's. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyway, start. What is your zodiac sign? But it only gives you Aries, Pisces, Scorpio, Cancer, Libra, or none of the above. <laughs> well, what gender do you identify as? All the options. Lovely. What is your style? Crop top and pants, simple but suggestive. Uh, An elegant dress, plain but powerful. Something practical to work in, courageous but clean. Anything, I like to make things up too often to have a style. Jeans and a jacket, classy but comfortable. Something colorful and frilly, girly but gorgeous. Something fashion forward and unique, risque but respectable. (laughs) Fashion does not appeal to me. I just throw on whatever. Um, how this is hard. Okay. Silly question because I get bored. What stereotype are you? All in good fun, no offense intended. (laughs) Oh gosh. Broody teenager, entitled millennial, basic Starbucks girl. Sold. Toughen up dad. (laughs) The tough nut dad? The toughen up dad. Okay. 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 The wine mom. The airy fairy child. What? (laughs) Cranky librarian or mysterious uncle? Mysterious uncle. I don't know of any mysterious uncles. What is an airy fairy child? I don't know, but I kind of wish I was that. I'm going with basic Starbucks girl. (laughs) I could have answered that one for you. At my core, (laughs) that is accurate. Someone you love is in grave danger. They have been kidnapped and you have little information about their situation. All you have is an anonymous tip that they're about their location and they might come for someone else. What do you do? Take your family and hide, hoping that their sacrifice has gained you some time to get out. (laughs) You pack as many weapons as you can find and try to hunt down the kidnapper, leaving a note to your friends where you have gone. 
Tell no one that you have gone after your loved one and track them down for yourself. You go look around where they last were seen and hunt for clues waiting to make a move. You stay put. After all, you don't know for certain if someone took them and they might come back. You tear down heaven and hell to get them back regardless of consequences. You try to find a way to negotiate with the kidnapper showing up without weapons to prove you want peace. Okay. What quality do you like the most about yourself? My good looks, my quick wit, my kindness, my ability to know things others don't, my loyalty, my resilience, my unwavering poker face, (laughs) my ability to always have a solution. If you had to battle an opponent, how would you go about it? (laughs) Quick, clean, and stealthy with a knife. (laughs) From a distance, it's so less personal with a bow and arrow. A sword, my fists, a goat, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever I can get my hands on. Stop. Call me brutal, but I'd use my bare hands for efficiency. (laughs) I'd use my cunning to outsmart my opponent and to avoid casualties. Okay. I'm not a fighter, and there's no shame in fleeing. (laughs) Run, 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 run. I kind of want to choose that. What quality do you like the least about yourself? My arrogance. I find it hard to make friends. I'm not good at relationships. I tend to overcompensate with humor. I find it hard to open up with people. I can be er I can be ignorant. I'm too quiet. Nothing. I'm amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Really confident about yourself there. One word that best describes you, kind, brave, helpful, optimist. You want to read the last one? A place you would love to go to, Paris, Berlin, London, Moscow. (laughs) I got my results. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Should we show each other? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Three. Two, one. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my god i think we both got characters we have crushes on <laughs> like you got the character that i have a crush on and i got oh the character okay you okay okay on. i was saying wait what yeah i have a major major crush on the morgan obviously so i got morgan more more um angel baby you own a private estate away from the courts called applewood Hell yeah. That's all it says. That sounds incredible. Mine says, you got Cassian. (laughs) You are one of the most powerful Illyrians in Prithian history. Hell yeah, I am. (laughs) Adorable. Okay, also, that's funny. I really wish it would tell you more about the characters. And why is the, why are the, I need y'all to take this quiz if you know anything about (laughs) Akhtar. Because the photos of the (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Actors. mine's like a real famous person. Who is it? I don't know. Let me see again. I don't know him. For Morgan, it literally gave me Margot Robbie. Oh, that makes sense though. Margot Robbie is more the Morgan, or she would be if they if they really made it. Who did you pick as your favorite character? Nesta. Nesta is by far my favorite character of every single book combined forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Nesta. <sighs> okay. I loved her even when she was horrible. I hated her. Mm-hmm. Most people do. <laughs> I hated her until I started respecting her. Mm-hmm. 
I thought she was a whiny little bitch for a while. I was like, really? Yeah. Anyways. That's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for joining us for episode five. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, like, subscribe, all the beautiful things that you guys can do for us. Follow us on Instagram, also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Again, we'll be live every Wednesday at 7 a.m. And we'll see you next week. Don't forget to rate us. Did oh, you say yeah. that? Yeah, on Apple and Spotify. And let us know which Akatar character you are. <laughs> you did this yes. stupid quiz. And... <laughs> Sorry, one last thing. Make sure that you are voting on our Instagram page what you want to hear more of, whether yeah. it's more Enneagram stuff or more just life, fun, friendship, whatever comes to mind for mm-hmm. us to share with you. We would love to hear so that we can make sure that we are tailoring this podcast to our audience. Yeah, I think honestly with our friends listening, they might just say they want us to talk about life. <laughs> they might be like, we're annoyed we have to listen to the Enneagram stuff. <laughs> Well, let us know your thoughts. We love you guys. Have a great one. We'll see you next week. Bye.